This is the Music Buzz Podcast. Buzz Podcast features candid discussions with and about those behind the scenes in the music business, including industry veterans representing the segments of musician, design, and live. All three Music Buzz Podcast hosts have spent their careers working with the biggest names in entertainment and have been and are still a fly on the wall. Dan Clark as the drummer for John Mellencamp's band for over 20 years and various solo projects. Hugh Sign, a world-renowned graphic artist for the biggest names in music and the corporate world. Andy Wilson, an award-winning marketing and public relations executive with over 20 years of combined multi-level entertainment industry experience in the music and sports business. Now let's buzz. Hello and welcome back to the Music Buzz Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Andy Wilson, along with Dane Clark. How's it going, Dane? Great, Andy. How are you today? I'm good. Also, Hugh Syme. Hey, Hugh. How you doing? Doing very well. Thank you for asking, Andrew. Good, good. Today we're joined by fellow Hoosier and veteran blues rock musician Doug Henthorne. Doug recently released his third solo album, Three. He's been honored to share his voice and guitar skills with notables over the years, as well as putting his own solo records out, as well as as a member of various bands. Um, he's worked with both live and recorded uh, with Joe Bonamassa, also Jason Bonham, who was actually in his band. We'll talk about that at one point. Recorded with John Hyatt, Beth Hart, among others. And he's from Indiana. He's an Indiana guy. So we're all Indiana guys. And the interesting thing about Doug is, is that we all have a history with Doug in various uh, various ways, whether it be with artwork or whether it be with, I used to work with Doug on um, marketing and PR and kind of, uh, well, I guess we'll call it management, some, some management stuff back in the Healing Sixes days. And also, of course, Dane was in a band with Doug. I don't know what the heck the name of the band was, but anyway. we still can't remember. Yeah, we still can't remember. I just talked to Johnny G. Man. <laughs> I called him, man. I said, "Do you I remember know. the name?" Nobody knows. <laughs> nobody, nobody could remember. <laughs> I know it. It's that's twenty five years, man. Uh, yeah, you know, right. Like, oh. so, so welcome to the Music Buzz Podcast, Doug. And thanks, Andy. Thanks, guys. Glad to be yeah, here. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So glad you're here, man. This yeah, is great. Me. This is fun. This is fun. I'm sure I met you through Frank Bradford, who, for our listeners, is a great friend as well as a killer singer, guitarist, keyboard player in Indianapolis. Wonderful human being. And a, a great guy. And maybe 30 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think I, I first met you when you and Frank and Randy were playing with Carl Story. Okay. Yeah. I think, and it's probably, you remember the C.T. Peppers days back in Broad Ripple. Yeah. And I'd... I'd you know, stumble in there and see you guys. And sure. And uh, I think that's when I first met you and Randy and Carl, for that matter. So, so that would have been about 30 years. That would have been about 19, maybe 1990 or 89 or in the late 80s. Maybe. I bet it was 90, 91, probably. Okay. I think, you know. Okay. That's showing our age. We <laughs> were only, we were five years old. Right? <laughs> hey, totally, yeah. Yeah. I just got my driver's license. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, uh, that power trio was not that long after that. I'm going to say that was... That you and Johnny G and myself put together. And Johnny G, of course, for our listeners, is the John Mellencamp's uh, bass player. Used to play with Ted Nugent also. 
Mm-hmm. We used to play in Anderson at the, it was called Jams, but it had been the Interurban. Elliot's. I'm thinking that was. Right, it was called Elliot's. Yeah, yeah Elliot, Elliot's at the time. That's right, right. Yeah, that was yeah. pre-Jams. So that would have been maybe 25 years ago. Yeah, I, well, I was telling Johnny, because he, of course, after he talked to you, he called me, hey man, yeah. I can't remember <laughs> what the name of that band was. And I'm yeah. like, I don't remember. I, and then I actually, I told John, that's back in the day when I actually kept it, tried to keep a journal, you know, so, yeah. which I'm really glad I did, even though nowadays I feel like journals are for self-absorbed kids with too much time on their hands. But I'm glad I did it back then because I wrote at some point in time, um, I'm in this killer three piece with Dane Clark and John Gunnell. And, but that's all I'd ever write. I never, exactly. I never, never said anything other than that. You know, you, you, you guys were just in a, in a drug-induced haze. Is probably what happened. That's <laughs> right. my guess. Yeah, yeah but probably yeah. more like probably more three or four Miller Lights haze. <laughs> actually, right. I was right. gonna say right. I was gonna say like beef jerky and you know <laughs> well, too much chips and cheese or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. But man, it was a it was fun. And we were playing Hendrix and Bad Company and Cream and whatever we could do as three people and pull off. Yeah, and of course, Doug sang everything and was fantastic. <laughs> always has been, but well, lots of fun. We got to do it again now. I, now I know. I know. We'll just come up with a name, a different name. I guess it's, it doesn't matter because yeah. you know nobody else will remember it if we can't even. <laughs> we can't remember it. It, it, yeah. it must have been a really clever and cool name. I mean, oh, really. you know, oh yeah, it must I'm have been sure top of the line. It was, it was deep and meaningless for right. sure. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Well. About 10 or 12 years ago, I think it was 2010, we went to the Static Shack. And if I remember right, wasn't it just you and I that cut Dream Stealing Town? I think was Because so. I think Randy Belson played on the track. But, but he I don't, wasn't there. He wasn't there. It was just you and me. Yeah. And I, I said something like, you know, let's get that magic bus thing going. Right. Which it doesn't sound anything like that, of course. But, <laughs> well, but it was a way to start, you inspiration. know. Inspiration. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, of course, yeah. that's our podcast theme song, too, Dream Stealing Town. We were at dinner last night. I was telling you earlier, Doug. So we were at yeah. dinner, uh, Doug, and, or not Doug, but uh, Hugh and Dane and uh, Eddie and I were at dinner and... He brought that up. He said something. We were just talking about you, and he's like, "Yeah, that's him playing guitar on our theme song." I had no idea. So, yeah. Gosh. <laughs> well, and it's you know, I've been I've been going back and listening to some of the episodes you guys have done, which are great, by the way. I particularly like Thanks, the Simon man. Kirk. I'm you know, I'm oh man, bad company. Yeah. Was, I knew you'd you know, dig that. Yeah, you, knew, come I, on you now. knew I would love that. So yeah. that was awesome. But uh, but I re- you know, as the song was going by, I'm going. That sounds really familiar. <laughs> I wonder who that guitar. Yeah. I wonder who that guitar that player guitar is. player's hot, man. Who is that guy? <laughs> that guy's really kicking ass. <laughs> this guy's smoking. Yeah. But yeah, you played the solo on it. You sang some, and then I went over to your house and you sang some backgrounds on it too, as I recall. Yeah, I think so. And then yeah. at that same day that you did that, you played on a, a song of mine called "Last Man Standing," which came out 2019 on the Rebel. It was the closing song on my rebel town record and i remember i said man what i'm kind of looking for is like you know the jimmy page heroin years kind of thing (laughs) you know which was kind of that in through the outdoor vibe which you captured perfectly and you know listeners go check out doug on that one too last man standing rebel town jimmy page man he's my hero oh i i know man well gosh he ought to be every guitar player he really should come come on now yeah come on Come on, is it so wrong to want to is rock? It, is it's it so to wrong? Quote, to <laughs> quote be? Frank Bradford. Frank Bradford. Yes, is, is it so is wrong, it so wrong? to want to rock? so wrong? <laughs> right? Come on now. <laughs> so. I, always, I always love Frank. 
the greatest thing about Frank is, I mean, he's four years older than me, but every band I've ever, and he's my longest standing musician friend. I met him like right when I got out of school. And uh, but what, I, what I love about Frank is he's just always like, it's always like you're 18 in the garage again with Frank. Oh, yeah. You know, man, it, it's just always like. I played a show with Frank last year, and I, I kid you not, it was the Wright Brothers' supposedly last performance. Another iconic band from Indiana. And we played, I can't remember what song it was. It must have been Life in the Fast Lane. And at the end, he takes his guitar and throws it up in the air and then falls down catching it. And I went, oh, oh my God, is he okay? <laughs> I mean, you talk about giving your all right, right. as a geriatric rocker yeah. that we all are turning into. Right. It's like, man, don't be yeah. doing that shit. Yeah. What? <laughs> well, that, that's one of those situations you're like, did he mean to do that from like a yeah. rock? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's he having a heart attack. Yeah, oh, man. no, he threw it way up in the air, man. It right. was wild. You just never know if things are going to work out with Frank or not when he does shit like that, man. Like, yeah, right. One time we were playing at Elliot's back in the day, and he was going into one of his frantic guitar solos and kind of went and did this kind of kick, and it sh he only had Velcro shoes. He didn't bother with <laughs> shoe strings. Of course not, yeah. <laughs> he went to do this rock kick, and his shoe came off. Right <laughs> <by> my head. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's like you just never know with Frank. That would make a great video, man. Yeah. I gotta remember that. That's <laughs> classic. The yeah. shoe kick. The shoe kick incident. Yeah. I'm trying to think the last time we played together was like three years ago on race day. Oh wow, remember? that's right. Yes. Right? Because yeah. it was yeah. before I got my shoulder worked on, which is a 2019, so it had to have been 2019 or 2018, maybe. Yeah. The four on the floor. Yeah, I remember the name of that band because right. it was only a couple years ago. We only did one gig. <laughs> yeah, we only did one gig. But uh, that was that was a blast. That, that day. was fun. That was a lot. Was of fun. that at the Motor Speedway? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Load in at six. Beers cracked at nine. <laughs> right. You know the usual. Right. Yes. You know, yeah. we we're up at four in the morning. What do you go? Hey, it's, at, it's late afternoon. Really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I know. You got to convince yourself it is. <laughs> and we did quite <laughs> and we well, did. as I recall. Again, is it so <laughs> wrong to want to rock? <laughs> yeah, is right. It so wrong? It's not. <laughs> it's so wrong. <laughs> no, that was, that was really a fun kick. But, so, uh, man, I, I'm going to, could I, uh, before we go any yeah, further, yeah, go I want to talk about your new record, man. I listened to oh. it today. Um, yeah, for, for the listeners, it's a brand new, this is Doug's brand third new. solo record, and it's called Three. Um, I, I thought that's really long it's, and hard it's about the, the, that There title. was a first record, there was a second record, and now there's a third one. A third. And so it's called and Three. Appropriately called Three. Right. So yeah. go ahead, Dean. Well, it makes, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, what a cool record, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. that, Dane. I'm gonna, just going to go, me. I'm going to go through quite a few of the tracks here, just you know Fine. quickly um but i was very impressed uh cool stuff man of course your guitar playing and your, i knew the singing and guitar playing would be perfect so i had no questions about that and the songwriting is great too um so get them up throw them back and knock them down great first cut man thanks man yeah great i'm really first happy cut. with that speaking mm -hmm. of like jimmy page I, I tries trying to channel the jimmy page joe walsh thing as far as the the lead work goes on that so i don't yeah. know if, if you'll oh, notice yeah. that or not well yeah yeah i just they did the laid back acoustic james vibe. james gang stuff yeah 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 man yeah, yeah. and, and the, i like the the, the the short little uh understated bridges are great you know, Thanks, you know the man. little or b sections or whatever you want to call that yeah. uh uh catchy song man 
Thanks, it's really man. good. I mean, that's got to be a crowd pleaser when you play. That's that's well, that's yeah. I, I played it out played it out a handful of times. That we we had like our you know record release party at the Jazz Kitchen a few weeks ago and played it there, of course. And and I played it a handful of times since. And it's like one of those you, you know what I'm talking about. It's like one of those yeah. tunes that you're like, this seems like it's too easy to play and sing. Yeah, to it should be shouldn't this be harder? You know, but it's not. It's really pretty simple straight up you know straight ahead and and it's funny because i feel like it just works better because it's not very complicated it's, yeah, yeah I mean, it just kind of happens you know it sounds totally natural as does the whole record actually thanks man i mean it sounds just like a you know a, a, a warm jacket in the fall time or something it's great sweet. very sweet cool. Yeah. <laughs> the second the second tune, the cars cover was unexpected. I'm going when yeah. you when it first came in, I'm going, oh, wait a minute. God, I think he's did he steal that from the cars? <laughs> and then I went, Oh yeah. Oh no, it whoa, is. Oh no. Yeah, I, I kind of have the same reaction to that, honestly. It's there was, such a different vibe. It's uh, yeah. so Americana, soulful. It's just different, you know. It's, Thanks, it's really good. It's you know, brought into to, you know. I don't know, God, how many years ago did that? Is this, is this a 40 year later? Yeah, song I mean, it's version? 80. I think it was 84 or 85. So here yeah. we are 40 years later. It doesn't, yeah. I mean, the way you reinterpreted it was is really good, man. Thanks, I was sucked man. into it. It's funny you say that because as, as I felt the same way, but I also thought about it a little bit more afterwards. And I think it's a compliment when there's a song, especially like Drive by the Cars, that everybody knows. Because really, there's no other song that sounds like that song, which is why it's so great. Right. But I think your version, when I first, when I finally figured out it was the car song, I was like, oh, is this going to work? But the longer the song went on, I was like, this is completely different, but really cool. Well, you know, good, not like, man. Not like, uh, it, I don't know, I was glad it wasn't, didn't sound like the original. Yeah. But it sounded great. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, there's no reason to, I mean, that's such an iconic tune that the, I mean, it's, that's hard to do, man. So kudos to you that you can Thanks, interpret man. it and it works like that. It's great. Thanks. Well, I, I've always, I always liked, I always really liked the song. I, I was a big fan of the Cars, particularly oh. Benjamin Orr. Yeah, he, I thought was, he was just great. a really underrated singer, like just and great, bass, great bass voice player and bass too, player too. Man. Yeah, man, killer. Yeah, yeah. But I always loved that song. But I'd never really liked the, you know, the '80s kind of production, you know, with the shotgun, snare drums, and all that yeah. shit, you know. And so yeah. I always, I thought, man, I'd like to really do it and, you know, put some hair on it, put some hair back on it, you know. Yeah, and sure. That's what I was trying to do. Well, that's what so, you did. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when Drive first came out, I couldn't hear it enough. It was just such a great song. There, there are a few songs that are like that, like. Um, I, I want to know what love is by Lou Graham and those kinds mm -hmm. of songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That'd be another one that would be nice to get rid of all those synthesizers and hear it. You know, what's yeah. classic tune too. Yeah. For Doug Hanthorne four. Think about that one. <laughs> there you go. Four. I'll spell it differently or something. Yeah. I'm going to carry on here before we lose track here. Um, so the third tune listeners fate of none. That's mm -hmm. really, it kind of dire straightsy. You know, yeah. the, the minor key mm -hmm. thing. Uh, I love the halftime broken down bridges, the tremolo guitar and the keyboard sounds. Very Thanks, cool man. tune. It really sucks you in. Thanks, man. That's yeah. really a great one, too, man. Well, and it's it's like one of those, like, you're talking like um, the tune we did of yours that you were like, you're looking for a, what, what did you say earlier? Yeah, like, the, oh, yeah. the, her the heroin Jimmy the Page. Heroin, the heroin Jimmy Page thing, yeah. And, yeah. and, you, and you like, that's kind of. The impetus of, of what you want it to be now whether it turns out to be that in actuality 
usually in the case. And that was the case with that tune. Cause to me, when I was putting it together, I was like, well, this sounds like kind of like crazy horse. This is like Neil Young uh. crazy horse to me. But by the time it was done and that's kind of my head was my headspace through the whole tune. But by the sure. time you get it done and you know what I'm talking about, yep. it kind of, it's, it's evolved into, like you said, kind of a dire straits kind of thing. Yeah. A whole different beast than what you'd originally, originally thought sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that one turned, that turned out great, man. Thanks, man. The fourth tune, Forewarned and Failing, a great up-tempo rocker. It's almost, it feels like it's channeling slow-turning era John Hyatt, kind of. Mm -hmm. A great song. Nice melody. I, I just, it, I was thinking of, that would have fit, that could have fit on that record. Man, know? that's great to hear, because I'm a huge fan. I man. know you're I'm a bit, I know we've talked about that before. We're both yeah. Hyatt hyatt fanatics you're on a couple hyatt records though right doug yeah saying backgrounds on um oh mud jeans and i forget the it's a few words mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. album title and uh mystic pinball sang all the background mm. vocals on oh those. nice yeah, yeah yeah cool records i got to meet meet john was down in nashville well kevin shirley hugh did you you knew kevin or yeah, no Kevin, Kevin. I've been typesetting his name for years with the Iron Maiden projects and Dream Theater and some of the Rush, a couple of the Rush pieces, <clears throat> but I didn't know. Superb engineer. Yeah, yeah, and I know him. He reached out to me, thanks to Andy for pushing me into the, the realm of, of social media and Instagram. Kevin got a hold of me, and, he, and, and ironically, within this year that he called me, I had discovered jo Joe Bonamassa. I thought, what a fucking great artist he is. Yeah. And nowhere I get a, a text message or an email message saying, would I like to work with Joe Bonamassa? And, Hell yes, I would. Yeah. And, and so I did. But yeah, I mean, he just called me the other day about doing some uh, tour artwork for the for the Time Clocks project. Oh, for Joe's, Joe's album. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. He, did the, yeah. he did the artwork on Time Clocks. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, small world. I'm just, yeah, Kevin Shirley wrangled me in. He did those two John Hyatt records. Yeah. And, and he convinced me, hey, Doug, you know, I'm in Nashville. Why don't you just drive down? I'm like, okay, it's not that far. So I drove down and, yeah. and, and did the vocals on those. So. so after Forewarned and Failing, which we talked about, it kind of reminded me, of, again, channeling the, the Hyatt thing. Wasted time, man. It was like, uh, it's a nice, soulful ballad. Really beatly chord changes in all different ways. I love the one and the the four minor chord and the, the mm -hmm. intro, and then that nice bridge part, the walk down thing. Just really good song. Thanks, it's a great one. Well, man. I mean, you know, it's an Eagles tune. I, I, it's a, it's the Eagles tune. It's a remake. It's a cover. Oh, is it? Yes. I didn't even realize that that it was. Yeah, See, that's great. I, was, I love that, Dane. Because wow. that's yeah. I didn't even realize that. Which album was that on? Uh, that's on Hotel California. Oh, was it on Hotel California? Yeah. Well, and it's like man, well, I didn't yeah. even recognize it. That's awesome. All the all the countryish elements were gone. Yes, we'll see. I and it's I've the Beatles. It sounded like the Beatles. Yeah. Thanks, man. We'll see. I I've always loved Wasted Time. I yeah. think Don Henley is. Always yep. has been. Oh, no question. He's incredible. Crazy. And um, as far as American songwriters go, he's like at the top of the heap, man. Right? Yeah, he's great. Yeah. But uh, I've always loved Wasted Time, but it always felt a little precious to me. Yeah. You it know, was one, I, mean, I always skipped it. I, yeah. I never, I, it was not one that I listened to, yeah. so that's why I didn't. Now I'm going to go back and listen yeah, to it. Yeah, go check go, it out, man. But, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of did. I, and I changed it. There, like, there's some core changes that I changed a little bit to make it a little different and and work i kind of i think i nixed like one like uh one little 
what you might call it a middle eighth or whatever. But um, I, uh, it's like one of those tunes, like I said, that I've always loved, but always felt a little precious. So I thought, well, maybe I can put some hair on this one too, just like I tried to do with Drive and, you know. So Dane, I, well, I better be I careful on these other songs. <laughs> I, I hope they there's are only, covers well, too. <laughs> there's only one more, and I think I'm pretty. Well, sure I knew that one, that well, one. <laughs> and I'll talk about that next because <laughs> I love the slide on Across the Universe. That's thanks, man. Really cool. Thanks. I mean, we, it, 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 again, that reinvented that to where, ah, so George finally got to play slide on John's tune, right? Yeah, you see? Know? Yeah, you see what I'm doing. Is I it so I, wrong is it for so George wrong? to, come yeah. on now, is it so well, wrong to rock it, out it, on Across the Universe? Is it so wrong to yeah. want to rock? <laughs> when it's like one of those, not, you know, and I don't at all mean to sound like I know what's best for <laughs> over these incredible songs that I try to remake, you know what I mean? Like the the Beatles did it right and the Eagles did it right and the cars did it right. But like, there's like with across the universe, I always loved it, but I always felt like a, it was a demo. I feel it like was it was a weird a recording. Yeah. They, yes. they demoed it. And the original version had like kids singing on it. And yeah, have you ever heard the one that they did for like, it was for some charity. I don't think I've heard that. There's a charity version. The original track, he wrote it in 67. So okay. it was like late 67 and it was for the National Wildlife something. I mean, look it up. It's it's, okay. it's different. It's it's actually slowed down on the Let It Be record. Okay. They slowed it down. I don't know if it's a whole half a step. And that's why it's kind of wobbly and odd sounding. And, and I just and thought, weird. and then, yeah, Phil Spector, it's like, man, what was he thinking on that record? Yeah, I don't Come think he that. just didn't give a chance. Like, it's like, why didn't they just bring the whole band? Bring in Ringo and bring in George just, and everybody and let's just, just play. do the song proper, right? How yeah. about play it? Come on now. <laughs> it's so wrong. It's enough yeah. wrong. Is it wrong to rock? That's <laughs> so wrong. Well, anyway, nice job on these covers. And man, you got me on wasted time. Good for that's you. Well, that's good, is, though. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. I love that. The I other tune that. I want to talk about and mention quickly, uh, yeah. Counting Down Every Minute. Yes. I love those Led Zeppelin three chords at the beginning, <laughs> the acoustic Thanks, guitar man. stuff. And that's another song that I'm betting John Hyatt would be proud to call his own. Dude, it's a really good you, song, man. man. Very cool. I appreciate cool. that, man. Appreciate that. Very cool. <laughs> cool stuff, man. Everybody Thanks, man. needs to check out three. Thanks, Dane. Duncan Thorn three. Come on now. He's not scared <laughs> to just get out there and rock. Let's just go. What's Let's wrong go. with that? Come on now. What's wrong yeah, with that? Right? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell Doug and I have hung out too many times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Normally we normally we have a cold one in our hands, but <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> so go back in time for us if you would, Doug, a little bit, because I know that you and Hugh technically worked together back in uh, I don't even know when when, when was when was Pod a band? And then take us through the evolution of the release that came out last year uh, in Europe, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, the first, like, um, I wouldn't call it successful band, but <laughs> the, first, the first project I was in that ever got any traction was a band called Pod, not to be confused with the band called P.O.D., which was out pretty much around the same time. Mm -hmm. um, but it was like a... At the time, it didn't. I, I wouldn't have called it a progressive rock band at the time, but now looking back at it, it's that's exactly what it was. And um, but with really great chops. So I remember yes. hearing. I remember thinking, rock and roll, with all of the attributes of a Steely Dan, because it just felt that tight, that well put together. Thanks, you. I thanks, yeah. man. It means a lot. Um, I uh, and yeah, it was. We got 
me and a guy named Ed Collins, yeah. um, who, who had moved here to Indiana, Indiana from the East Coast, we put this band together and his, his uncle uh, managed us and he, his uncle remained out East. Anyway, lined us up with a, a deal with Columbia Records. John Kalodner was our A&R guy, uh, who was awesome. He was, yeah. you know, as far as A&R guys go, he's about as celebrity as you can get, you know, yeah. like, well-known. Definitely got ears. Yeah. As soon as I realized he was on board, I even felt more enthused. Not that I wasn't already by the music. I thought, this is a great formula. John has the Midas touch. And I thought, this is a slam dunk for you guys. Yeah. 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 And th yeah. And then we, yeah, we la landed this deal with Columbia. And, um, and that's when I, actually Kevin Shirley had just flown in from Australia via South Africa. And it, this kind of started with a, a band called um, Silverchair, Frog Stomp. And uh, he had some success with that in Australia. And Kalodner had just kind of wrangled him in mm -hmm. to, be, to kind of become his kind of darling for Columbia. So Pod was kind of Kevin Shirley's first project that yeah. Kalodner put him in on. And that's so, and me and Kevin just hit it off immediately because we're just both big Zep heads. Um, you know, Ed, Ed, the other guy in pod is, is very much Rush school, which I love Rush too, but I really evolved into a Zeppelin, you know, psychopath. And so yeah. me, me <laughs> Kevin really hit it off because we're the same way, you know. It's a good cycle. What, what year was that? That would have been 95 and 96. Okay. So, okay. yeah. It was a weird time, man, you know, like, um, like we were, we'd go over to Columbia and like they just like brought down like Alice in Chains, you know, posters and shit that were all over the office and they were starting to put up, you know, like, oh, wait, am I getting it wrong? Was it Warrant Cherry Pie or, I, you know, it, it was like the whole music scene was changing into this weird thing. And him, here we were, this, you know, prog rock band, basically. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's. You know, there's a lot of stories and rumors I've heard about why the, the project got shelved, but I think probably realistically, it's just, it was the people at Columbia didn't know what to do with it. It's what I, sure. what, that's my opinion. I don't know that for a fact, but you know, I know it's like, John. It's like everything really else, man. It's all about timing, right? I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, some, you can be you know, six months and a year in this business is an eternity in a lot of ways, you know, <laughs> especially in those, sure. those situations. That's a pretty lame yeah. It's a, a pretty lame reason when you consider how good that project was. Yeah, um, there was so much. Like you, you have such a wide gamut of of technically kind of over the top bands like Queen, and you've got people like Ze you know, Zeppelin, who are you know really, really accomplished. But they they have that beautiful edge that you that you admitted to having a psychosis about. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I, I just I just knew. I, I knew at the time, and I've always thought that if someone had the conviction and just the appropriate tenacity just to say, and it wasn't that I was trying to fit a round peg through a square hole. It was a very, very great album. And um, it, it never, I don't think there's any rhyme or reason. You know, you're right. They, pro they or whoever it was didn't know what to do with it. But, you know, shame on him, whoever that was. But it's out yeah. now, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, but and it yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. It's been released. It's to make things more confusing. It's they've changed the name of the band to Soma, S O M A. Okay, which makes it very difficult to find. But 
anyway, I had nothing to do with that name change, by the way. But they t- they changed it from Pod to Soma just because they, uh, you know, mostly we didn't want people to think Pod and Pod, sure. whatever. Anyway, I, even though I think there's a, another handful of ants out there called Soma too, as well as a company that my wife buys her bras from, you know, for that matter, you know. <laughs> Somas are like a, a downer too, aren't they? Right, yeah, it's some kind of drug or it's a drug. No, it's yeah, no, it's a drug. Yeah, it's like for yeah, yeah. back pain and stuff. Or, yeah, wow. Pop anyway, soma, you can pop some somas. You can throw on some bras and listen and listen to soma. Yes, there you go. But it, it is yes, it is out. Soma headed for the zeros is the name of the the record. Mm-hmm. And Hugh, really, the the artwork on that is is kick ass. Just Great. really, thank you. But I enjoyed it at the time, and you know, I was kind of along with you. I was kind of, you know disgruntled by the fact that it didn't get to see the light of day because i knew that your project should have the should have done so is soma going to have a second album is there any way to kind of to kind of reincarnate that chemistry um i i I doubt it i doubt it um but i'm not saying that it wouldn't happen i mean uh stevie d the the other guitar player is still out east um work works out there and records a lot of stuff and Ed, unfortunately, uh, which is very much the way Ed is, was like he just sold a shit, moved to LA, and okay. he doesn't even doesn't even play music anymore. Not to say that he wouldn't, and I'm not going to put words in his mouth. Right? Um, yeah, it's the whole thing was. I mean, he's almost like a, a guy that, like, the whole thing is created like a, a post-traumatic syndrome for him. You know, it was like mm. uh, it's, it really it sucked for all of us. But Ed took it particularly hard. So when you guys were, you know, you you had a deal, you were working on it. I mean, how long did you have to sit in limbo waiting for them to go, okay, never mind? I mean, (laughs) was that that a long period of time? It it seemed like an eternity. We we went out, they flew us out to LA. It was the pipe dream. You know, they gave us uh, apartments and rental cars and- And we stayed in L.A. for like a couple of months recording the record at Rumbo Recorders, which is I think there was a Guns N' Roses record they did there and some Stone Temple Pilots records. And it's a great studio. Yeah. I don't have any idea if it's still there or not. I have no idea. But anyway, so we were out there for a couple of months, but it was like from it was like the holiday season. We went out around Thanksgiving and finished up the record, you know, the following spring of 96. And so I think we came back home in March, you know, albums finished. They're going to send it off to have it mastered and, and like use working on the artwork and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it was from March to, it was right after my birthday in May. Like I'm just sitting on the couch one day and Ed calls me and he's like, Hey man, that man's done. Columbia, Columbia shelved it. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even, what does that mean? Shelved it. What does, what does that mean? He's like, they're just not going to release it. I'm like, well, how can they not release it? We, we I mean, they just invested all this money and all this time. And, and anyway, so yeah, I guess to answer your question, it was like two or three months that sure. we sat there kind of oh, waiting. Geez. That's an eternity. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. How is Pod being received in it? in its new incarnation or soma you mean or yeah right yeah um i i i don't know very well i mean i need to call steve stevie d and because he's the guy he's kind of the point person with the the label that released it um i 
from what just I've seen, yeah, no, from yeah, from what uh, I've seen that Steve's passed along, um, you know, people, the people that hear it seem to dig it, you know, yeah. which, you know, Dane, if you get a chance, you should check. I mean, you'll appreciate. I want to check it drumming. out. Ed's drum, Ed, like he's a monster, like you are. I mean, just like I want to hear. It, it. It's like a band. It was a band that, um, that we all. You know, we all still wanted to be better at our instruments. You know what I mean? And you know, yeah. you get to that, you get to that balance point where it's like, okay, you're working your ass off still to try to be as good as you can be. Exactly. You know, yeah. you just want to be as as good as you can be, but then you also want to try to write good songs. I, I, and I think that's where, at least, that's where my head was. Yeah. When that band was together, I wanted to be the greatest guitar player I could possibly be. But I also wanted to write really great songs. I'm not saying that the songs that I wrote in that band were great, but I was trying. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was giving it your all. Yeah. Yeah. I was really struck by the arrangements and the just the virtuosity of you guys. Thanks, Hugh. That means a lot, man, coming from you. I appreciate it, man. So after that, how long is it before the Healing Sixes thing starts to kind of evolve? And, and how did that come together? Well, like the um, that summer, that that's the that was the dark summer. Um, you know, it was like I kind of drank a lot and a lot of self pity through that whole summer. But by the following autumn, I was writing tunes again, which has always kind of been my go to personal, you know, DIY therapy. Yeah. You know, you just write, yeah. write, be creative. You know, I'm sure we're all this way. Yeah, like I, I got to find some kind of way to be creative. Otherwise, I might actually need legitimate help. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And keep so busy. Yeah, just keep them busy. And so that's that's what I did by that following autumn. I'd had a handful of tunes that I put together and um, decided, well, maybe I can put another band together around here and, and see what happens. And it, it was interesting. I mean, the first band, the first guys I called were Johnny G., that we talked about earlier yeah. place with Dane with Mellencamp and um, Wade Parrish, who I just had barely got to know back then. And um, we had a handful of rehearsals and then Wade went and like got in a motorcycle accident and, and uh, ended up in a wheelchair and out for like six months. So T typical Wade, by the way, right. <laughs> <laughs> a Wade maneuver. Yeah. And, uh, but then, so then it rotated through some different drummers and then, um, then Jason Bonham, we went out and opened up for Jason Bonham, mm -hmm. who at the time just, it was kind of a, his own Zeppelin tribute band, but he, as we say, the, he was the lucky sperm that, uh, could go out and perform oh, and, to and the Zeppelin tunes. Yeah. <laughs> right, you know what I mean? And, yeah. And so we went out and started opening up for Jason along the East coast and, uh, and Jason just started coming out and he was a big fan of my my um songwriting and my voice which he still is it's really cool he still yeah throws me some some bones it's really cool i saw you posted the new record on the, yeah. on the social media and stuff which was really yeah cool. yeah like oh that, nice. that's really there's some publicity for you yeah jason's always been stand up that way man he's 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 i mean it was tough back in the day he was still not sober when he was in healing sixes and, he was whooping mm -hmm. it up wasn't he oh my you've god you've told me some, some stories yeah. yeah some superhuman drinking i you know wow. i we've <laughs> all we're all from <laughs> sure we're all from indiana we've, we've we know how to our, do that we know how to do that we've seen yeah. our share of heavy drinking but i'll tell you what jason i can't relate 
Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 But with Jason, it was like, holy shit. It's, he is going to die if he doesn't stop. Yeah. And we had a couple, we, you know, we went out and did shows and Jason and I, I don't think he'd care that I'm, I'm telling this story, but he and I had had a couple of nose to nose moments, you know, like back in the day, because it, it, we'd be playing and, you know, he'd be drinking so much more than us <laughs> and that it would become, you know, counterproductive. And so, sure. you know, we had a couple of nose to nose situations where I would just, just please just don't drink vodka, drink beer, just, just stick to beer, just stop drinking vodka, you know? And, yeah. and, and it would last for a day or two. He'd, he'd like, he, you know, um, and then he'd be back on the vodka, but it, we'd all laugh about it at the end. But then by the time, by the time that the healing sixes was, or by the time his time was done in healing sixes, he'd gotten himself into rehab and, and, and still is, is he's clean and sober. Now. Yeah. It's in great shape. And he's, he's, he's a great human being and a great drummer. Yep. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, it's interesting how, how hard it can be to, to deal with people with substance abuse problems, but then eventually you're just the best of friends. It's all good. Everything, sure. everything's well, water under the bridge and it's all cool. I got to imagine too, just growing up and living in the shadow of who arguably is, you know, if not the greatest rock drummer of all time, certainly one of the top two or three. Right. And yeah. And that's no question, that, yeah. the pressure alone. Uh, and and it's, and it's enormous. true. It's real. It's real. And I don't think I, you know, I don't know if the Jason would, would, publicly want to admit that but i it's it's a real thing man i mm. i saw it we'd be out on you know we're doing shows well it's like jason joined joined healing sixes because he loved the music and he mm -hmm. he loved my voice and and he loved the hang with the other three the dudes guys. in the band the guys you know so he moved to indiana for the band right well he didn't he still lived in england at the time but oh. he would come yeah he would come here and and like get a place to stay for like a month or two okay yeah, so yeah. okay yeah. um but uh, and he he joined because he loved the music, he loved the band, and, and all that stuff. I said, but then we go out on the road, and of course you just see and feel all this pressure from just everyone right. to like act like your dad, be your dad, you know, be be the be the young John Bonham, and and that's a lot of pressure, man. Oh, you no know? question. I remember um, when I was working with you, Doug, on Healing Sixes, and you guys put out. I can't remember which record it was that you put out, but. I had a foreigner show when he was in foreigner down in Atlanta and uh, mm -hmm. it was foreigner and Brian Adams and I was down there and I took a copy of the CD with me. I think you had maybe communicated with him that, Hey, my, my buddy will bring a CD. Of course, this is, you know, several years ago before file sharing and everything, people still bought CDs. Imagine that. Yeah. But I remember yeah. going backstage and getting some stuff uh, from the foreigners tour manager and he looked at me and goes, Oh, wait a second. I think you're supposed to see Jason. And I'm like, yeah, I'm supposed to give him. He's like, yeah, the CD or whatever. And he's like, he wants it. And so I remember <laughs> walking down the hallway and banged on the door. And somebody opened it and looked at me like, who the hell are you? Why are you here? And I said, I'm Andy. I'm here with the CD. And you can hear him in the background like, oh, oh, you know, <laughs> he yeah. came up and he's like, oh, I've been waiting all day for this. You know, I'm so excited to hear the, hear, hear the music and love Doug and, and blah, blah, blah. And, and you're, I guess my point is, is that his genuine support of you is uh was was obvious uh in that moment for sure and man it's hum it's humbling that he because he i mean not just because he's somebody 
that we all should know and he's a great drummer and he's also the son of john bonham but he's a huge music fan like all of us you know he just yeah. loves it loves it and you can tell and it's exciting that he it's exciting that he's so supportive of, yeah. of me and what i do I, one really cool story if i can of course that um like that i think is cool i think it's cool that jason just even decided to tell me this story because he could have easily just kept it to himself and not said anything to anybody about it but back when zeppelin had their o2 arena reunion show that jason you know jason played drums with him oh yeah. 2007 yeah and, yeah mm -hmm. in 07 yeah. yeah you know jason had been out of healing sixes uh two or three years when that when that was going on and jason told me he was back in town and we were just hanging out and, and he volunteered this story to me. That's why I'm telling it just because it's, I think it's, I think it's a good reflection on a, on the kind of cool human being that Jason is um, that he's like, yeah, well, you know, um, when we were rehearsing for the O2 arena show, I'd have to go pick up Robert in my Land Rover or whatever, you know, <laughs> on the way to rehearsal. And um, he's like, so, which is, you know, blows on my mind anyway. Can you imagine like, you know, hey, Robert Plant's calling me. Yeah. I have to pick his ass up again on the way to the rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but he's like, yeah, so I pick up, I'm, I'm riding to the rehearsal and and he's got a Healing Sixes CD playing in his truck or whatever, you know, and uh, a Healing Sixes song comes on and, and Jason tells me, so Robert goes, and what's this? What, what's this? And, and Jason goes, well, this is my old band Healing Six, Sixes. And and Robert Robert says to me, I'm playing Jason right now. Robert says to me, and why aren't you playing with them anymore? And I, I said, well, you know, they can't really, they don't make any money. And and Robert Plant apparently goes, so you quit that band to play with Foreigner? <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a cool story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. Uh -huh. I mean, it's the fact that Jason volunteered that story to it's me a, yeah, is yeah. really cool. Because he could have just kept that to himself and not said anything to anybody about it ever. But I always yeah. thought that was like, wow, Robert Plant, like, kind of. Plant was digging it, man. Kind of yeah. dug it. Kind of gave me a little thumbs up, maybe, you know. Yeah. So, well, that's probably the CD that I gave Jason, so I think you should be thanking me for that. Unless you <laughs> totally that right. Story. Maybe so. so. You're it might be, Andy. <laughs> I don't I, know. Hell, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. All right, so so Healing Sixes, and then obviously these last you know three solo records that you've put together. So tell us a little bit about that process of getting to the point where you're you know um, well putting your own stuff out. Yeah. Well, I just um, after Healing Sixes, you know, Healing Sixes was together for like fifty. 15 years so right. you know um I, and i it, the band just kind of ran out of vinegar and um and, and you know it, we know the indie the the uh, original music scene uh, is so hard you know but that's what i love that's yeah it's so difficult but that's that's all i want to do but i also have to pay how many of us are there that are even try to do it still i know i know Four or five you know yeah. got people our age three <laughs> i know i know, know. And that's the thing. I just kind of, I kind of came to grips with the fact that I don't really do this to to anymore to for success or to get laid or whatever reason. Oh come on! <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? But you know what I mean. So you yeah. get to that point where it's like I I have to do this 
because if I don't, I'll probably go crazy. So mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, that's when I started, you know, just my own solo records. And so that's where I'm at, you know, in between the healing six stuff and, and amidst that and the solo stuff, you know, I got, went out and played with Giovanna Massa and, and, mm-hmm. and sang on a bunch of his records and, and stuff through, once again, through Kevin Shirley, who's Kevin's always been cool, throwing me a bone here and there. And yeah, uh, that's a pretty big bone. I'll yeah. tell you what, man. Yeah. <laughs> For those listeners, go out to YouTube and look up Joe Bonamassa and Doug Henthorne at uh, uh, Royal Albert Hall. T for one? Yeah, yeah. T for one. Yeah, yeah, gets, yeah one. Kevin called me like, uh, shit, it was probably 06 or 07. And he's like, so Doug, that's how he always, whenever he talked, so Doug, I'm working with this new artist, Joe Bonamassa, incredible guitar player. And he wants to, or we want to do a remake of T for One, the Led Zeppelin tune off of Presence, which I love, of course. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, Good, Joe's just not comfortable singing it. And I told him, I knew, I knew you and I thought you would do a great job. So anyway, so I'm like, shit, thanks, man. Yeah, that, absolutely. So they flew me out to Vegas and we recorded out there. That was my first time I met Joe and mm-hmm. uh, just saying that. And uh Jason actually even played drums on that track. Yeah, I think the whole record, that whole album actually. But um, so, yeah, I kind of like Kevin met Jason through me and Healing Sixes because Kevin worked with Healing Sixes as well. And mm-hmm. anyway, we ended up doing it or going out in 2014 and did like a little European uh, tour. And they did the DVDs, like the live DVDs and all that stuff. And um, yeah, we like the. I sent the T for one we did at the Hammersmith in London, which oh, was is really that where cool. it was? Yeah, okay. at the Hammersmith. Okay, gotcha. I mean, we we also played the Royal Albert Hall too, um, but I didn't do T for one. The one that's online is at the Hammersmith. Yeah, it's actually okay. the Hammersmith. Okay, my bad. Yeah. yeah, okay. No, it's cool, but um, um, I just sang backups at the show at the Royal Albert Hall, but uh, but it was cool doing that, and you know, it was well, yeah. Were you doing like the backup backup hands and all that kind of stuff? <laughs> I know that's the other. It was uh, obviously I was uncomfortable because like Kevin's like we just want you to sing, Doug. And I'm right. like, oh god, I can't. I, I can I just play? Can I play rhythm guitar? I'll stay out of Joe's way. You know, I know how to stay out of everybody's way. And he's like, no, like a golf club out there, or, yeah, umbrella yeah. or something. So yeah, I did a. That was a some soul searching. I was I had I kind of just got thrown in the fire. It's like okay, you got to sing. You can't hold a guitar. You can have to stand at the microphone like a weirdo. And, and don't grab your dick, whatever you do. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Make sure your flies up. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like, uh, and oh, uh, and by the way, we're doing in ears, in ear monitors, which I'd never oh. used in my entire life. So oh, shit. that's and that was the thing. Like, I flew in. The first show I did with them was in um, Amsterdam, and I flew in or no, Luxembourg. And so the first show I I flew in that morning and that night we played at the wherever there in Luxembourg. And um, it was kind of like rush in real quick sound check. Like, here's your in-ears, which I'm looking at them going, I don't even know which is right and left. You know, I don't know how this thing works. And and the guy's like, here you go. Here's your in-ears. Uh, good luck tonight. It's sold out show. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, great. <laughs> could you hear? <laughs> I was like, so that's what I, I was like walking around asking dudes in the band. How do these things work, man? Mm-hmm. What is this shit? Yeah. yeah but it took wow. me it took me you can tell or you can see that hammersmith video like there's a few shots they have of me where i i'm looking at it and i know you know how it is dame when you like 
you see videos of yourself you can know exactly what you were thinking at that moment exactly man. i've got some nightmares of that yeah. yes and there's a couple moments in that video at the, at the hammersmith that i look like i want to punch a baby because i did because i was trying to get used to these stupid in-ear monitors and um finally I ended up just kind of pulling one all the way out and then just saying it like that so doug you clearly are um interested in the visuals the slow ride cover is very very kind of in, in my wheelhouse i love the way that that h just has the highlight on it oh cool yeah and the, the three is a little more perplexing i can't quite make it out it's somewhere between a peace symbol and a ben's logo tell me about that the the cover for the for three yeah well actually the the photo itself well like like so many other people these days like the covid lockdown days right like i was in my basement as was dane i know you were oh, yeah. or you know whatever studio oh, yeah. space yeah. whatever you want to call it and yeah like all the time because you couldn't go out and stuff the only and thing to do yeah we had the to. only thing to do well so yeah my my space is my basement and um i was down there during the covid lockdown stuff and like trying to clean up you know trying to like this place is a pit i gotta clean this place up man if i'm gonna spend this much time down here so i kind of went to move one of my floor lamps and that picture is looking down at at the floor lamp yeah man except it's it was filled and i'll i, I can send you like the the original photograph filled with cobwebs and spiders filled with cobwebs and spiders now like in my i had my little brother you know doctorate and kind of make it more interesting in photoshop that's a great moment yeah now, now that you tell me it's definitely that's a lamp cool. yeah you see it right it's just a lampshade really yeah, cool yeah. yeah yeah i couldn't tell what it was yeah. that's cool yeah. yeah oh yeah well man thank you so much for joining hey, us thank you fun. guys yeah so what's fun yeah doug yeah absolutely nice chat man best of luck with the new record hey thanks man appreciate it yep <laughs> we'll see you out there cool all right we'll see you guys take care take care see you see you man see you see ya. great to see you again hugh take care man take care take care see you buddy see you later Bye. dream stealing hell.